Hello, we're Gail and Claire, co-founders of Peopletopia. Welcome to our podcast, Brilliant Bosses. Peopletopia was set up with a very simple principle. No one deserves a rubbish boss. Having experienced this ourselves, we know what a difference it makes to employ productivity, well-being, and ultimately, company profitability. We'll talk about our experiences of brilliant bosses and the things that they do well, with loads of takeaways to help you to get the best from the people that you work with. We will tell you some theory about the topics that we cover, but mostly we'll be giving you practical hints and tips that you can take away to help you to be brilliant. Hi, welcome to our Brilliant Bosses podcast today with Peopletopia. I'm Claire and I'm here with Gail. And today our subject is how do I have a brilliant one-to-one with my team? And actually, why should I bother as they're really time consuming? We are very passionate about one-to-ones at Peopletopia and we can see the benefits that they bring if they're done well. So let's find out first of all, why should we do them? Gail, why should we bother about one-to-ones? There's loads of really compelling evidence for having one-to-ones. Firstly, it actually just shows your team that you care about them on its most basic level. Finding a time to commit to some regular one-to-ones with your team actually shows them that you give a damn. It helps you build trust. So checking in with your team, not checking up on them, helps you to get to know your team as people and it helps them to get to know you as a person and build a foundation for a great working relationship. It also helps you understand what drives them and what motivates them. One-to-ones also make sure that you're really aligned. You can talk about, you know, the objectives and goals, what you think they are, and make sure that your team think the same to check that you think the same things are important and have the same priority. There's nothing worse than getting to your annual one-to-one and realizing you've been focusing on completely the wrong things and you've got completely the wrong priorities. So really good one-to-ones that talk about clear goals and alignment, make sure that you and your teams are focusing effort in the right place. Mm, absolutely it's uh and we see it happen people are just kind of left to flounder after having their objective set without realizing that they're going off course anything else that we should be thinking about i think regular um conversations help you fix the small stuff before it blows up into something bigger Mm. so the big things always take a massive amount of time so putting in a bit of effort and having regular one-to-ones and fixing the small stuff really stops those issues from blowing up and magnifying And on the opposite side of that, it allows you to recognize that what someone's doing really well and encourage that skill of behavior. Again, waiting until the end of the year and saying, oh, that thing you did six months ago, that was really good, is a complete waste of time. You want to be encouraging that behavior on an ongoing basis. And I know we've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, one-to-ones not only allow you to feed back to your team, but they allow you to get feedback from your team on how you're doing as a manager and how you can improve your performance. Since people have been working more remotely, we've seen a real dip in the amount of feedback that people are receiving. So one-to-ones help us to fill that gap. And it's also an important opportunity to let you to understand how your team are doing. How are they feeling? Are they well? Is there anything that's bothering them? And again, that's harder if you're working remotely to have those conversations. So one-to-ones are even more important now than they have been before. Mm, I think this this working remotely has definitely kind of led a gap. And I think that um, 
our communication tends to be much more official, much more yeah. formal. We wait for meetings to be set rather than having, you know, kind of noticing that someone's a bit different today and having a quick chat with them. So it's that it's that regularity that allows those conversations to still take place that, you know, the more regularly you do it, the less formal that I think that they, they can tend to feel. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that, Gail. What evidence have we got around one-to-ones and why they're important? Um, well, looking at that from initially from Harvard Business Reviews, uh, Harvard Business Review rather, employees who don't have one-on-ones are four times as likely to be disengaged as individual contributors as a whole. And they're twice as likely to view leadership more unfavorably. I guess that's down to the kind of lack of contact and the, the kind of lack of care shown through that lack of contact. Yeah. Um, in focusing on one-to-ones as a critical activity, Adobe saw a 30% reduction in voluntary turnover. That's that's huge. When you think about the costs of staff turnover, that's that's an enormous improvement. Um, GE was able to drive a five-fold productivity increase over a 12-month period. And information from Gallup says that on average, only 15% of employees who work for a manager who does not meet with them regularly are engaged. Managers who regularly meet with their employees almost tripled that level of engagement. And I think we know that engagement leads to better productivity, longer tenure, um, greater collaboration. There's so many benefits that go with it that something as simple as holding a regular one-to-one, if that's going to triple your engagement scores, then that's certainly time well spent. It's a biggie, absolutely. So when people say, well, I haven't got the time, they need to be thinking about the benefits of it. Mm. Um, I suppose I love this quote. So this quote is from Kim Scott in Radical Candor, be a kick-ass boss without losing your human- humanity. And she says, it's simply not the case that all managers are holding regular one-to-ones. This is a cardinal sin. One-to-ones are quiet, focused collaboration time for employees and bosses to connect. It's also the most important chance for you to hear from your employees. And it's their time, not yours. And I love that quote. For me, it really sums up the importance of one-to-ones. Mm, and I think that echoes our experience as well, is that for a lot of managers, they're just not doing it regularly or they slip really regularly. And yeah. it's when they have that moment of going, what, really? One-to-one shouldn't be moved. I should really prioritise them. And then they start to do it and they reap the benefits. Yeah. Um, so that absolutely backs up what we've seen happen in lots of different workplaces. So if they're so important, why does it sometimes seem so very difficult to do them? I suppose from what we hear from managers, there are a few reasons why one-to-ones don't happen. So firstly, people just don't see the value and, and it doesn't, you know, they don't really balance the, va- the time it takes with the value that they get. But if you flip this to think about what happens if you don't have one-to-ones, then it really does make it worth the effort finding the time. You know, I won't have to bother about finding time to recruit for that position because that person's left. I won't have time to re- deal with performance issues because those performance issues don't happen because I've nipped it in the bud. So I think if people don't see the value for the time it takes, then there's a bit of a balance there. And I think if people start seeing the value, they will manage to find the time. And I think some of the reason people haven't seen the value is because it's been done really badly to them in the past. So if you're used to -to one-to-ones that are just a tick box exercise and don't add value, if that's happened to you in the past, you're less likely to find the time to do one-to-ones with your employees 
And what we want to be thinking about is, okay, so I've had bad one-to-ones. How can I make my employees' one-to-ones amazing and really engaging? The other reason that we hear is that my team are fine. They know what they're doing. I trust them. And that's brilliant. But take the time in a one-to-one to actually tell your team that. They're not psychic. They may not know that they're doing a good job or what they can do to be better. So one-to-ones are a brilliant opportunity to sit down and actually tell your team that. Mm. You cannot take a no news is good news approach to managing people. Um, If you're not hearing anything from your team, it's probably because they don't feel able to communicate with you or you haven't shown the importance of spending time with your team. They don't want to disturb you. So, yeah, absolutely critical, Gail. And you mentioned something interesting there, which I've seen happen a lot, is that sometimes one-to-ones can become a tick box exercise where they're not adding value. We're just going through the motions and not really getting anything from them. What do we need to do to make sure that they are meaningful? How do we make them a valuable exercise? That's a really good question. And I suppose my first top tip is to make them a joint responsibility. So going back to that quote, it's about making it a joint responsibility. So both you and your employee have ownership. Have a set agenda if you want for each one, but both have the ability to add things to the agenda that you want to cover. And having an agenda will mean that you know what's going to be covered and you can both prepare for it. As well as preparing any feedback for your direct report, ask them if they have any feedback for you and give them time to prepare that. So remember, one-to-ones aren't something that you do to your employees. There's something that you do with your employees. It's their meeting as much as yours. Great. So that sounds like a really good kind of first tip is is get a sense of joint ownership when it comes to -to one-to-ones. It's not something that's just manager-led. What else do we need to think about? Listen, go back to the principle of joint ownership. Don't talk at your employees for the whole session and think that you're done. This is the opportunity to find out more about your team members. What makes them tick? What drives them? What motivates them? We think we listen, but actually we sometimes do that really, really badly. And we're just queuing up things that we want to say, getting through our list of things that we want to discuss. So you need to put aside your own thoughts, make sure that you're paying attention to what your employees are saying. And to do this well, you need to make sure you've removed any distractions. So shut the lid on your laptop, put away your phone so you can really, really focus on what it is they're saying. Mm, I hate that when you kind of see two people going to a meeting and they both kind of put phones up on the table. It's like I'm just waiting for an opportunity for something more interesting to come along. It's a it's it's a very overt message that you're giving people if that's out there. So some simple things can show that we're more invested in the meeting. So top tip number two is all about listening. We all think that we're good at it, but very few of us actually are. So work on your listening skills. Anything else? So you have touched on it already, Claire, but our most important tip is don't move a one-to-one unless you absolutely have to, unless there's some dire disaster that will happen or has already happened if you don't move it. One of the key bugbears we hear from employees is when their one-to-ones are cancelled because something important's come up. What you're saying to your employees is you're not important to me. Mm-hmm. And we hear of serial counsellors, people who push or move almost every meeting and it's disengaging. It shows a complete lack of care and interest in your employees. So just don't do it. Mm. It is it is a different way of thinking about it. And I think that um, a lot of managers that I've spoken to think that they can move those one to ones with very little or no impact 
it's just a meeting with someone in my team but i see what you're saying about the message that you can send to someone else what you're saying is it's just a meeting with someone in my team it's the same message isn't it but it, it, it's heard very differently and it shows a lack of value in that person so don't move them unless you absolutely have to anything else yeah, I think another trap we see managers falling into is that they think they need to have the same frequency of one-to-ones with all of their team. So if they've got 10 people in their team, they need to have 10 weekly one-to-ones, all of an hour, and that's going to take up 10 hours of their time. So I can see then when meetings start to be cancelled or pushed or moved or cancelled altogether, if you've got this kind of huge thing hanging over the, you that you need to do weekly. But this isn't the case. So when we look at something like situational leadership with Ken Blanchard, he says there's nothing so unequal as the equal treatment of people. And he's absolutely right. Just because a weekly meeting might be brilliant and might be the thing that you need for one member of your team who might be quite new or a new starter, it doesn't mean it's right for someone who's been with the company for 10 years and doing the job back to front inside out and doesn't need as much support. So you can vary the frequency of one-to-ones depending on the people in your team. And going back to what we said earlier about it being a joint responsibility and a collaborative approach, you can have a conversation with each of your team about how often they need their one-to-one. Doing them at the wrong frequency to lead them to appear that they have no value. And then they get cancelled and then they lose their value and people don't feel like you're listening to them. But it shouldn't be the case. So find a frequency and rhythm for the different members of your team that suits you both. That's revolutionary, Gail. Speak to a team member about what they need. Um, but it's so true. And that's when they become that tick box exercise. I feel like I have to sit with you for an hour. So I'm going to go through a list of questions with you that take mm -hmm. roughly an hour to answer as opposed to checking in when the time is right um, for you. Um, uh, yeah, we need to avoid that entirely and focus on getting value and addressing need. Um, so I think that um, that kind of covers the whys we need a meeting and why they should stay. What about what happens in the meeting? What sort of things should we be covering? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. And I think there are lots of things that you can cover. But again, I would say you don't need to cover all of these at each meeting. You can maybe choose one one meeting and one the next. So, again, you don't have to go through this whole list. But things we typically see being covered are things like discussion on progress against goals and objective and what great looks like, really setting that benchmark of what you're expecting and what the other person sees as reasonable. You can talk about any obstacles getting in the way of achieving these and what you can do about it. So a great question that you can ask is, what can I do to help remove any obstacles that you might have in your way to make sure that you can do your job? We look at two-way feedback and we've touched on that already, giving feedback to your employer on what they're doing well, what they could be doing better but also exactly the same for you, feedback on how you're doing, any areas that you've got for improvement. And then just areas like how they're doing from a well-being and a life perspective, you know, how are they finding things? If they're working in a hybrid model, how's that working for them? Um, if they've got issues at home, how are they doing and what can you do to help that? So just again, getting to know that person as an individual and getting to know what motivates them, drives them and how they are on a personal basis. And then lastly, we've got any opportunities for development and learning. So again, that might be something that you schedule in monthly or quarterly one-to-ones. That wouldn't be something that you have in every one-to-one. But the key is to discuss this from a collaborative perspective. So you know, put these out on the table and say, which ones do you want to discuss today? Which ones are most pressing for you? So again, taking a really collaborative approach.
Mm, great. Thank you, Gail. So let me do a quick recap in our one minute be brilliant summary. So firstly, one to ones are important. And if you do them well, they are very much worth the time that you're putting in. Secondly, they're a joint responsibility for both parties and both parties need to take ownership. It's something that's done with your employees, not to them. Possibly the most important one of all, and second most important is listen. Um, focus on your listening skills, remove distractions and make sure that you're tuned into the person that you're sitting with. Don't move them. Once they go in, unless the roof is blown off, please don't move your one-to-ones because think about the, uh, the uh, kind of less overt message that that sends. Think about the frequency and adapt that to the needs of the person. So they don't have to be as frequent with your most capable and confident employees necessarily, um, but adapt to the needs of the person. Take a collaborative approach to what you cover in them. So talk to your employee about how they're going to get the best out of that one-to-one -one and make sure that the content is working for you both. And by doing that, you'll ensure you have a team who are clear about what it is they need to achieve, how they're going to achieve it. You have a team who are engaged and energized, but most of all, who know that you care about them and are interested in them. Mm, brilliant. Thank you, Gail. So if you'd like another reminder of those Be Brilliant tips, you can find a downloadable tip sheet on our website. You'll also find us on LinkedIn with our regular posts about all things leadership and management. You can follow Peopletopia on LinkedIn. You'll also find Gail and Claire on there. Uh, we offer a range of programmes for existing and aspiring leaders and managers. Let us know if you'd like to find out more. You'll find all our info on the website or through LinkedIn. And do join us next month for another Brilliant Bosses podcast. You should now be able to say with confidence, I'm a leader. I hold regular one-to-ones with my team and they are brilliant. Thank you.